Hello, everyone. I had to double check if I had my uh, microphone on because, you know, I keep forgetting that every single time. Welcome, everyone. My name is Marcella DeBee. I'm the host of this show. Uh, most people know it by now. And if you're listening, welcome to the show as well because you're not seeing anything, but you do hear my voice. I know. I don't know if you're happy with that, but you need to deal with it. Um, so today we got another cool show going on. I'm very excited. It's very warm in my room and also with the two guests they have a very hot room as well so if you're melting away then you know why um hi hi one how you doing um so today i do have my script with me in very tiny letters so um let's get into it so what we have today is uh, a take on the game industry that's what we uh, have our main subject um then we also will talk about web3 gaming and we also would talk about future of the game industry. And we have a game blog, The Bornless. So that's what we're going to see here today. And um, obviously, I can't do this alone. I mean, I never can do this alone. So I do have my guest. And there we go. I'm introducing the lovely Toby and Brenton. Welcome. Hi, Marcella. Hi. Hi chat. How's everyone doing? <laughs> hello, hello. Is my audio... My cat decided he wanted to get into my wires <laughs> below my desk. I apologize. It's okay. It, it's funny. Um, so I'm just, while you're fixing that, I will do a little introduction about you two. Uh, starting off with Toby, Toby Saunders, if I say correctly, uh, CEO of The Bornless. With his roots in the film and TV, Toby worked in TV drama as well as advertising for brands like Snapchat and Twitter. He went viral with his hobby project, an Unreal Engine remake of Final Fantasy X, if I'm saying it correct, yeah, which was featured by Eurogamer and YouTube Gaming. Then we have Brenton Lansdale, head of game at The Bornless, a multi-talented and obsessed indie dev with a decade of experience in Unreal Engine. Uh, Brenton has been a part of The Bornless creation almost since its genesis. From being mentored by his uncle, Lee Perry, from Gears of War 1 and 2, he has designed and de uh, deployed multiple projects with a variety of team skills. Uh, yeah, so welcome. Good to have you both here. Awesome. Yeah, thanks for the intro. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> excited. <laughs> it's the first time I didn't have to introduce myself. That was awesome. <laughs> that's nice, yeah. It always sounds, I think, when someone else is doing it, he's like, wow, that sounds like that sounds like a pretty cool guy. Oh, that's I know, me. I know. I was listening to mine. I was like, wow, I did all that. That's cool. <laughs> almost a professional. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost that people want to hear about this. Um, that's why we have you both uh, on the show, obviously. Uh, so starting off... How did you enter the gaming industry? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess I could go first. I um, I picked up Unreal Engine originally as a VFX tool. Um, with my sort of background in film and TV, I was learning Unreal Engine uh, as a real-time renderer. Um, you can use Unreal Engine for movies and cinema. They used it in Black Panther, um, Mandalorian. There's lots of cool uh, movies and TV shows out there that use Unreal Engine and uh, I was learning it for that, um, and I uh, slipped down the rabbit hole of game development as a lifelong nerd and uh, started making games for fun and realized I was terrible at making them, and I <laughs> wanted to find people who were really good at making them and make games with them, um, which is wh where, where I found Branton. So Branton's really good at making games. <laughs> so, that's so good. That's, that's good. Go with Branton. <laughs> okay, yeah. you, yeah. Uh, yeah, so I it originally started as a hobby, which honestly, I think that's how it starts for everybody. The whole game development, like Toby said, is 
quite a rabbit hole. Uh, and you really have to have like a passion to continue with it because it is a long, bumpy road. Uh, but if you, you know, if you enjoy what you're doing, it, it doesn't doesn't feel too long. No, nope. I got started about yeah, it was about 10 years ago now, a little over 10 years. And it originally started as a hobby. Uh, I was playing, you know, old RPGs and got really immersed in the worlds and decided I wanted to be the person that could build those things and help people be immersed in those worlds and those environments. Mm -hmm. And so I started learning um, about uh, composition, uh, world building, uh, and how to use different software. I started teaching myself programming languages, um, art, sound design, music production, like anything wow. I could get my hands on. I was just getting into it. Awesome. And I yeah did that for a few years, decided I wanted to take it a little more serious, uh, took on a mentor, as you mentioned earlier, mm -hmm. and did that for about a year and uh, decided it was time to try and venture out on, you know, and see what I could, uh, what I could do and what I could get into. Awesome. And then it's really cool to hear that you, you know, you just had in mind like, okay, you know what? I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to start somewhere and learn and see how it goes. And I think that's a lot of like a sort of cool thing for people to know. Like, I think a lot of people are always in a sort of momentum, like, okay, what to do? I don't know what to do. I do like that, but you know, I, I probably can't do it, but I think you just put in like, you know what? I'm just going to try it and see where it goes. And if it's nothing, I at least tried it. Right. Yeah, it's just putting one foot after the other. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I mean, game development takes so long that you have a lot of opportunities to be wrong and to, <laughs> you oh, know, yeah. um, you, 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 game development is obviously a multi-year, like when one to make one game, right? It's a multi-year like problem. So you 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 get lots of, it's a lot of trial and error, and just um, you just have to keep going. <laughs> Yeah, and I, I mean, I can't imagine because like I studied computer science for a little bit, like there trying to coding, yeah. uh, like for gaming. That's what I wanted to do once, but I never uh, ended it <laughs> because I started to do other things. Um, but yeah, that was already like so intense. Like just a little bit of coding was just pretty much nothing. Maybe doing a wave in a game and like you know, um, and the same with. Uh, well, at least what I know, my best friend is doing 3D art uh, at Ubisoft. So it's it's crazy how much work comes with it. And I think sometimes people don't understand. It's the same with Diablo. Like people are like, oh, that's super expensive. Have you have any idea how much time and money is in the game to even get there? So yeah. it's a lot. It's a lot of work. I think that's one thing I learned immediately was like the... the, the um... I really know now what budget means. <laughs> <laughs> and when I see when I see a AAA game with a huge budget, like I know it's going to be of one standard. But I'm now I'm much more um, patient and understanding with games that are not AAA because I'm like I know that they're not working with the same type of capital. That they're not, yeah. you know, it's that the, the, to solve a problem and indie or AA level is is much much harder. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's uh, it's funny because you take the amount of time that you think it should take to make a game and then you double it. That's how yeah, long it takes. at least double it, at least at least double it. And then how much money do you have to make it? You take half of that. That's how much you have to make it. So, yeah, yeah. well, yeah, you learn it in a hard way most of the time. So, uh, you know, um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, a question that I thought is like, what is the game that you started playing when you were maybe a child or maybe you were like older? I don't know. 
Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, um, I know me and Branton share the love of uh, the Elder Scrolls games, and mm -hmm. especially um, Oblivion. I know we're both yes. a big Oblivion <laughs> fanboys. That the is the one. The music especially does something oh, yeah, special great. to me. Yeah, the music in Oblivion. And actually, the, the soundtrack in Morrowind I really like as well. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, Branton, you got any others? Oh, man. there were. I had some favorites growing up, especially like ones that my me and my dad would play together um ratchet and clank oh yeah um, the jack and daxter series yes. those were like really ones i got into but the one that solidified me deciding i was going to do game development was definitely oblivion elder scrolls 4 oblivion. Yeah. that was the one yeah and because you are like that's the first thing i said when i saw you on camera i'm like hey are you like making music because that's how <laughs> you look like you're like yeah so i understand that when music is great in a game, it triggers something in you because yeah. you might listen to it in a different way than most people do. Is it? I think. I mean, there's a nostalgia thing, isn't there? I don't really, I don't really understand the science of nostalgia, but I know that um, <laughs> soundtracks obviously are very important for games. I, I think the Minecraft soundtrack is a really good example. If I heard <laughs> the Minecraft soundtrack, if, you know, and it was nothing to do with Minecraft. You know, I might I might drift past that soundtrack and it would have no importance or it wouldn't catch my brain at mm. all. But the you know the Minecrafts that that's those small little piano tunes that would be almost impossible to memorize had they not been solidified in my mind after embarrassing amount of hours playing that game. <laughs> yeah. You know, the, the, I I can I like I love the Minecraft uh, music even though it's such a simple tune that just I would never remember yeah. otherwise so it's like it's like every little piano note complements each impact and and axe hitting the stone like it all just complements each other yeah yeah reminds you of the experience what about you Marcelo? have you got favorite game or <laughs> um well right now it's diablo yeah. <laughs> also <laughs> this the music in that game is fantastic the the cinematics are wow uh goosebumps everywhere so um i love it also because it's quite gore and it's it's per it's really diablo it's really like the old school diablos back um and there was this indie game and i always talk about this and i keep forgetting the name uh you were playing with like a little wisp and you were following it through a world it has it, it won some bafta awards as well uh it's like a little town you're walking through and you will see like because you're following a wisp, and because of that, no, not Ori, no, 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 um, and you, you, you follow that, and there's like uh, sort of um, things that happened over there. You will see it, but there's also this music. Uh, Hellblade had also really good sounds, uh, what I remember. So, um, but I think the, the game that I was really the most hooked on that is World of Warcraft. <laughs> that was oh, something really, yeah. I've played yeah. since. Burning Crusade, so it's like the first expansion. I think I was 16 or something. Uh, I played it till a couple of years ago. It, it became less because of all the expansions. There was too much coming. Um, but yeah, the little me was always very happy when she could play World of Warcraft, like hours. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, yeah like, I, I managed to I managed to avoid World of Warcraft. I think small. if World of Warcraft had, yeah, I think if that game had claimed me, I might not be on this show. Or <laughs> You never know, but I mean, for me, it was like I was like this, this, this girl that got bullied, and for me, World of Warcraft was my, uh, my savior. It's really weird, but for me, that game, I could be myself, and no one was judging. 
your community, right? It's your Yeah, like I could yeah. be this super fancy night elf or later on the blood elf, you know? And in meanwhile I me like in real life I wasn't that sexy. So, you know, it was really cool <laughs> to be like that in game. Uh but yeah, so I think a lot of games have a sort of uh what you just called a nostalgic feeling. Uh sometimes it can be just a little little thing about the music or that makes you happy or something that just triggers and sort of emotion. Uh, but overall, I think I can't imagine a world without gaming, like without gaming, I would be very sad. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I, um, I think as well, gaming is great for people who are going through tough times as well. 100%. Like that's, that's, um, you know, I had a pretty tough childhood and gaming was a really influential, like not, not just the gameplay, but the, also the, like, you know, Xbox Live, right? You come home from school and you can hang out with your friends, even if you might not have the money to travel to go see them, right? Yeah. Um, or, uh, you know, sometimes, like, story, story, I think, is a really important part of games. And it's maybe something we can get onto. It's one of the things I think a lot of Web3 studios maybe are missing in some of their experiences that they're working on is how important story is. Because mm-hmm. um, these stories, especially when you're young, these stories, like, inform so much about your view of the world and yeah. like how you understand like things and people and problems and like final fantasy 10 for example that that story really influenced me um in quite a big way um it was the first like play it was a playstation 2 game and it felt like a movie right oh, so um, cool. and i just i just loved it um but yeah i think i think stories like hooks you doesn't it and it mm. can can um but yeah i mean it, i'm glad we have gaming for for lots of reasons but i think story is one of the yeah, so quick in that, um, normally we do chat questions later, but I think there's a perfect one to hook into it. Uh, what's your favorite game story, Toby? That's what they were asking. Yeah, I mean, Final Fantasy X, I think, was probably the one that influenced me a lot. I Recently, I really like God of War. I think the way that they've reinvented that franchise, Corey Barlog and the team working on the God of War games uh, 4 and now Ragnarok, mm-hmm. so done a phenomenal job on bridging that gap between games and movies is just like an absolute snack to look at that game yeah um so i think yeah that that one i'm obviously stoked as hell for starfield i'm refusing to watch any i'm not going to watch any content on it i'm just going to play it elden ring also was a wicked strange story obviously that they always make these peculiar stories that was a really interesting one um what about you brunton yeah uh story wise fallout 3 fallout 3 was I was the first like RPG that I played and the story really really had me hooked and the ending of Fallout 3 got me. Oh man, it got me. It did me, yeah. It did, yeah. yeah. It's one of those ones where like I remember like I still remember it like to this day and I played it like 12 14 years ago and I you know I still remember everything that happened. That Broken Steel DLC I think changed everything. Oh, oh, yeah. I'm so glad for that DLC. <laughs> All right. Um, so I see in the chat, someone loved World of Warcraft, Final Fantasy, Fallout's great show, Last of Us. Yeah, there. Oh man, there's so many games, and I think if Last we, of Us is a good, Last a good of Us story. Yeah. yeah. Ooh, but also, I do. You guys have well, you probably have watched this TV show. I, I haven't. No spoilers, please. No spoilers. Okay, no spoilers. <laughs> I really like, and it's funny because I, um, my boyfriend is not uh, not a gamer at all, but he was like hooked. He was like, oh, this is cool. I like, oh, yeah, you have not played the game, but, you know, it's it's fun. I really like it when something is 
also really fun for non-gamers because yeah. you know they cannot just make it only good for the gamers a lot of time gamers are really like nasty if something gets made remade into a movie or whatever yeah. uh, but i think great actors really really fun uh, to watch easy to watch as well um so uh, i can't wait till more is coming but no spoilers but you should watch no it no <laughs> I, I i i'm still catching up on like I haven't seen Lord of the Rings yet either. The, Excuse the me. The movie. I've seen oh, the movies. Yeah. Oh. I've seen the movies. The, the show. The show. I haven't seen the show. No. <laughs> um, you almost set yourself up for no, failure no, no, there, I've Toby. Seen the <laughs> I've, I've seen the movies too many times, actually. I know in London you can you can do an overnight screening of all of them at a cinema. Oh my god. Where you can go and spend the whole night watching them, and That's I assume lot. you fall asleep in the chair. But um, That's too much. Yeah. I had it with Harry Potter. I think I've watched it so many times. Correct. Uh, shout out to the Harry Potter game as well. You're talking about games that are good for non-gamers to enjoy. I think the Harry Potter game crushed that. I think they did a great I not, job. I have not even played it. Uh, I've only played a bit of it with my girlfriend, but it's it's beautiful. It's yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Still I don't something know if I'll I have complete to complete it, but it's. It, I don't know if I'll complete it, but I think for the experience that I got to share with her as a non-gamer, mm -hmm. right, it was worth the money. That's nice. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, I played the old one, but then we're talking about ooh, very long time ago. <laughs> Gryffindor, yeah. All right, yeah. so um, tell us about your journey at the Bornless. So, uh, yeah, Brenton, maybe. Uh, how did how did it all happen for you? Oh yeah, so that's um, I was I was browsing uh, job forums one day. Yeah, I had uh, been doing some freelance work for a little bit and was still looking for freelance work at the time. And uh, decided I was going to, you know, just apply to a bunch of places, see what I see what I can uh, get as I was in between um, contracts at the time. And um, Toby at Cathedral was actually one of the first ones to respond. And we scheduled an interview. And it was like every once in a while you get those times where you meet somebody and you just get along like you're on the same wavelength just like oh, immediately dude, thank you. Yeah. Oh, warming, warming my heart warming my heart yeah it was it was just one of those times where like you could tell we were just we had you know a lot of the same ideas we liked the same games like we we enjoyed a lot of like the same entertainment mm -hmm. and we just got along right away and i kind of knew that in there that i would you know I hadn't gotten the job yet, but I had a good feeling. I was like, I, th I think, I think I got he this had one. The job. He did have the job. It yeah. almost sounds like I, this perfect. I maybe didn't tell him on the spot. It it did. almost sounds like this perfect love story starting here. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, no, I hate you. The now. music. That's that's so lovely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But that's great because if you have that feeling directly, it's also for you something like, okay, if I get this job. It's not going to feel like a job. It's going to feel like something like a passion you can, you know, do your thing at. Um, and definitely if you can have a have a chat, like fun chat, but also like work things, it's it's good. And and you, exactly. Toby, because of course you got Brendan, you know, you want to have a job. Uh, how was that? Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I got started, obviously, um, scrappy, you know, solo developer with one other uh, game dev. Um, his name is Jackson. He's not part of the team anymore, but he was is still a good friend of mine. We were working on the early version of Bro uh, of Bornless. It was originally going to be just a game jam. We were going to try and do it really, really fast. Uh, we started uh, July 2021, mm -hmm. um, and we were going to make a small horror game just for Steam. Um, but then saw this really interesting uh, different uh, uh, kind of way to do gaming with Web3. 
and thought, hmm, that looks like an interesting problem. Um, and there was lots of interest around it at the time. Obviously, there's a lot of skepticism around it now, which is which is good. It's mm -hmm. good, the skepticism. Um, but we jumped in. We thought, yeah, this tech looks fun. This looks cool. Um, and, uh, and looking at some of the games that we thought, you know, were a really good version of Web3, for example, EVE Online. You've mentioned World of Warcraft. Like, there's a lot of types of games that would really um, use the tech really well. Mm -hmm. um, we we knocked heads and came up with an idea for a for a, an FPS um, sort of RPG, sort of MMO. We, it's it's a it's it's gone through different phases. <laughs> the original <laughs> prototype was was uh, more spooky, and over time we've managed to build out into this very ambitious title that's uh, starting to really come together. All the pieces are, are there. Nice. But yeah, we started in July 2021, and it was me and this other developer for about six months, maybe nine months. And uh, Brom Branton, at the same time that we managed to get a bit of funding, basically, we got a bit of funding to, to kick off the game um, and started hiring some people, Branton, one of them, and slowly built our team. Slowly is the key thing, because there's a lot of Web3 studios out there that do not do things slowly. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, <laughs> so, so we slowly built our team. And uh, yeah, we're currently in alpha. We thought for a while we were in beta. We're not really in beta. Um, we're, we're, we're in alpha. Um, yeah. it's, it's, it's a fun alpha though. It's fun. Um, we, we, we think we'll be in what we, what we now understand about Bornless. We think we'll really be in beta about May next year. Um, okay. but we're in alpha at the moment and you can come play it. Uh, it's been playable for over a year now. Um, you can come into the Bornless discord and grab an access key or, mm -hmm. um, chat with the devs and play it. Yeah, that's yeah, very that's... quick, by the way. That's uh, I mean, you started like two years ago. So when you said we took it slow, but I think it's still very quick. Well, when you well, you can work, it wasn't good when we started. <laughs> 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 you know, um, like we, you know, it was two devs who came up with a kooky idea, and it was fun, <laughs> but it was not polished. Like it was jank, and it's been jank, and it's still got jank, and it's you know got a lot left to do but um, yeah you, you probably will always even when it's done everyone's like oh it's awesome you'll be like well well there's always stuff maybe, that you maybe. don't like yeah. it's good though it's getting there it's getting there yeah the, the, the stuff that the guys have got at the moment the features that are they're not currently playable like it's lots of pieces of the puzzle they're getting worked on that will get slotted together mm. um and the pieces of the puzzle are starting to look pretty good so glad um yeah. We are we are definitely our own biggest critic for sure for sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think yeah. that's with any creative. Like you just get to a point where like I'm I, you know I I see the progress I'm making but I have you know a goal and I'm not there yet. And so you you keep striving to be better and better. Mm -hmm. And I think that translates to you know the game as well for everybody at the studio as a whole is like we have a goal that we want to get to and we're making better progress every day but we we know where we want to be and we're, we're headed there yeah well and i think it's good i mean then you will make the best product and in this this way the best game um so before we dive into our main uh, topic we would like to know what is your favorite game and don't say your own game but like really <laughs> like your favorite i mean it's hard to pick one but try I think even though we said Oblivion and Final Fantasy were two, I think I, I think the game that I actually spent the most hours in was probably Skyrim mm -hmm. um, because I modded it like crazy and <laughs> just turned it into like this 
it was always next gen. Like with the modding that you could do in Skyrim, it was just always a next gen game. So I think probably Skyrim because I think part of my mind did actually get lost in those mountains and I'll never get it back. Um, so I think I'm going to say Skyrim. Okay. I, um, um, and there's, there's a lot of good ones. There's a lot of games that I play and I've played for years now, but I think even with maybe not the most time played, I think the one that I would have to go back to as my favorite of all time would be um, Jack X Combat Racing. It was a spinoff of the Jack and Daxter series on the PlayStation 2. And that was one game like me and my dad, my brothers and sisters. Like it was something that we could all play together. And we all had a great time trying mm. to compete with each other. Uh, and it was just it was just a really really fun game that every day you know I come home from school it was something I could you know boot up and just have fun playing. Nice. All right. Well, we're going into the next subject. Um, oh, all about you, Marcella. No, hang on. You you still, yeah. you, you have to answer as well. It's a tough Not question. Out of that one. Yeah, I'm. One. I'm just going to say World of Warcraft. Can't say World of Warcraft. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's so me. That's like literally all I had to say because that. <laughs> um, but if I have to say what. It's not. No, it's it's. Mm, That's right. It will be World of Warcraft still because that yeah. that helped me through the bullying times and also put yeah. the most time in it. Uh, if it's so life changing, even um, and that would be the same for Heroes of the Storm because that has changed my career starting off with uh hosting for blizzard so that's where things kicked off yeah yeah so it's definitely a game like it's sad that it's died like died died kind of um but um that gave me a lot of fun a lot of new people in my community so yeah but game wise obviously it's not the best game but um world of warcraft it will be the one for me because i've played it for many years with my best friend when we were young till we were older so yeah that's the uh, one for me Good choice. uh okay now we're continuing <laughs> um so subject one is a take on the gaming industry uh so gaming has quickly gone from a niche hobby into one of the biggest markets in the entertainment industry the video game market is worth an estimated 197.11 billion and is expected to expand at a compound uh, with a growth around 12.9% from 2022 to 2030. Oh, damn. Okay. So, uh, yeah, that is still growing quite a bit. I'm going to show you all a um, slide. The first slide is, as you can see, number of gamers expected to hit 3.32 billion by 2024. So you can see it's still growing quite a bit. Um, so according to the latest data, uh, there's an approximate 309 billion active video games worldwide. That figure has risen by over 1 billion in just 7 years. That's a 32% increase. And the number of gamers is expected to 3.32 billion by 2024. Um, so back to you guys. What's your take on the user growth of the global gaming industry? Yeah, uh, I, I spent too much time looking at those numbers. <laughs> so, so <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I I think gaming is an interesting term that's not going to mean the same thing in a few years, maybe. Um, I had this conversation actually with my auntie the other day. So, VR chat. Do you guys think that's a game? I think it uses gaming technology yeah. in a very social way. I don't quite, there are activities you can play in VR chat, but I think if you 
if you look at it in a general sense of like VR chat versus another game, VR chat really it's not a it's a social okay. platform. It's a social I platform. I don't think it's a game. Yeah. Um, what about you, Marcella? Do you think that counts as a game? Well, when I saw it, I was a bit like, "Lol, what is this?" Um, <laughs> it's I don't know. It feels like almost a place where people like like a chat room right yeah chat room but you know when you were young you were in chat rooms and it was already like a bit sketchy sometimes but i have yeah. the same feeling about this uh yeah so, yeah, yeah. yeah i mean uh, ethics aside like i would not describe it as a game personally. no no and... like definitely like more like a discord that you come together but then you see each other sort of yeah yeah, yeah. and then like if we use um was it Telltale who did the Walking Dead series? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like, is that a game in the same way that Call of Duty is a game? Not really. No, but um, it, is, it is a game in my feeling. A, that, I, that I think I would call a game, yeah. But Definitely, I think yeah. There, is, there, there will be a version of that game that we yeah. might class as more of like a movie, right? Mm. Um, and I think yeah. that's what gaming is going to... It's gonna the word the term gaming I think is gonna become very very broad. And yeah. We're gonna have to change the term and come up with new ways to break things apart. Yeah. Like li live service, the idea of a live service game is kind of an interesting concept. Like, like your, like a lifestyle that you're mm. participating in or or something I'm, like that. I mean, even mums with a phone who play like a word phone or whatever it's called, that is a game as well. So they are counted yeah. as a gamer. So obviously Correct, the yeah. numbers are huge. Uh, and then most people don't even know, but like I think almost everyone has played a game or played something on their phone. It counts. Everything counts as being a gamer. So yeah, I don't know. It's it's a sort of good and bad at the same time because you know when the numbers are low and on your a game that you're making, they're like, huh? But there's so many gamers. Yeah, okay, but you know, there are a lot of gamers all over the whole industry of gaming, and that's quite a big one. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and wh why do you think more people start gaming every year? Uh, I, I actually have a, an interesting response to that. I think it is a mix between, uh, not peer pressure, but social media pressure. Mm -hmm. You start to see it more often. It's becoming, you know, gaming used to be something where, uh, it was your parents saying, Hey, get off that game, do your homework. And now it's, oh, you can make 80,000 a year playing games as a professional. <laughs> yeah. Like, go kids, go play. You know, it's it's something that's becoming more and more widely popular and accepted. And that's, you know, that's a trend that you see throughout, uh, you know, a lot of things in society. Something that was, you know, when it was first invented or when it was, it was popular 20 or 30 years ago, or it wasn't popular 20 or 30 years ago, gets accepted, you know, over time. And that's something with the gaming industry, especially kind of back to the whole vr chat or telltale thing it's you know thing gaming is moving from just playing video games on a controller to more interactive experiences and that's something that can be uh experienced by a wide variety of people and yeah. the more accessible it becomes the larger audience you're going to gain over time yeah it's also less of a if you were saying, I play video games, people were laughing at you like, oh, nerd. And now it's like, oh, cool, what well, you're playing. And um, it's it's a whole different way. I mean, also with streaming, 10 years ago when it started, people thought like, uh, huh? Like playing video games for a living, what is this? Mm -hmm. And now it's like, 
oh, you're a streamer as well. You know, like it's almost like not fun anymore because everyone is a streamer <laughs> nowadays. Yeah. So yeah. I always just say I'm the grandma of streaming. So <laughs> what about you? Like, oh yeah, I'm already streaming for three years. I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's a whole different way of how people look at it. And um, um, I don't know. It's it's a, it's It will always be a good and a bad thing at the same time. That's how I see it, at least. Um, yeah, I mean, gaming's got lots of lots of problems as well, isn't it? Um, yeah. Like, I think it's similar to social media in some ways that we don't quite yet know how to. Um, we aren't used to like forming healthy habits and stuff. Mm. Um, <laughs> like, it's very easy to, especially especially when we were younger. I don't know if it was the same for you, Marcella, but in our um, schools, at least where I grew up, it was like every kid would come home from school and play xbox live like that was what the boys in the school did and it wasn't the same for the girls that they, mm. they uh, in my school at least it wasn't the same but mm. every single boy would come home and would play xbox live um mm. and that was kind of the and the habits that got formed around that even though it was um you have many like amazing memories like it's not always very good habits that get formed no um and i think as time's gone on and gaming has matured and we've gotten used to like the idea of Xbox live and these, you know, interconnected massive experiences. We've, we've started to wise up a little bit to like, okay, these experiences are incredible and awesome, but we do need to, <laughs> you know, we do need to like go outside and touch grass. And um, yeah. Like how old are you guys? If I may ask. So I know I'm what 20, kind of... I'm 20, I'm 28. Okay. On Saturday. Okay. It took you a little bit to, to figure that out. <laughs> I, I well, I thought I was 28 already, but my girlfriend told me I'm not. So I am. I am this this Saturday. Okay. Saturday. Yeah, I'm I'm 26. Okay. Yeah, then I am the older generation. I'm 32. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, for me, like, I don't know what girls were doing, like when they were younger, because I was always with the guys like i was always also playing video games and Gaming, yeah, hanging yeah. out on the skate park and you know skateboarding and every, everything so i i can't really say like i had a normal girl youth in that way so i don't know what girls were doing by that age but i was playing also video games or uh, having lamp parties with my friends um Hope. yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> so uh yeah uh, we're going to the next uh slide um, this is about, well, look at the top seven biggest gaming nations by user. Um, penetration, and they show, well, obviously, uh, Japan is still growing, growing quite a bit, but UK has been making really big steps. Um, and Nigeria, I did not thought it would be that much. That was something I did not expect it. South Korea, yes. Um, so what it says here is that by nation, Japan and the UK have the joint highest video game user penetration rate, 58%. As of 2027, the UK is expected to be front runner with 70% of the population playing video games. Uh, yes, here's a look so at the UK. top five biggest gaming nations by user penetration. Uh, so, uh, yeah. Um, what is your favorite game type? Is it like FPS, casual action? What's your kind of jam? What's your jam? I, actually, at the moment, I, I think RPG is probably my favorite. But at the moment, I'm really enjoying. Um, I, I I I like sort of quicker games mm -hmm. just to like um, so they don't take as much of my time. So 
TFT, uh, you know, the um, League of Legends auto chess. I really enjoy that. Um, the actual chess game, chess.com, the, the game of chess. <laughs> I've, been playing that on my, I've been playing that on my phone quite a lot. Okay. I suck. I suck. But I, I, I quite enjoy that. Um, I used to play a lot of Hearthstone. I was good at Hearthstone. Really? I was good. No, I mean, I think I was good. I, I, I got to top 10% in Europe, supposedly. Oh, that's quite my, good. According to my rating. Mm -hmm. But then I had to stop. It wasn't good for me anymore. So, I had to so you had to play it. against Tice, like the Dutch guy. No, no, I, I don't think I got that far. Top 10%, <laughs> I, think, I, think that, I think they get... Tice, Tice is... Um, he was top number one, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, I think one? so. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he, yeah. I think he even won an Esther Martin in... <laughs> yeah, yeah, something. yeah. So, yeah, sick. Yeah. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't think I got that nearly that far. No. Well, too bad. Yeah. When, I should say. I should clarify as well. I'm a scrub. I got top ten percent in battlegrounds, not in, okay. not in ranked. Um, so, so I, I, I never got near. Um, I couldn't climb ladder well enough. So. Okay. When when you said it's not good for your health. I just imagine you like waking up in a sweat in the middle of the night, like my mana coin. Where's my mana coin, dude? I, 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 because because you can get Hearthstone on your phone. Like, oh my god, mm. it's so hard to not play that just <laughs> until two in the morning in bed. Um, and I did that many, 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 many times. Yeah. And you shouldn't play at two in the morning because at two in the morning you suck. Like you shouldn't, you shouldn't try and climb ladder at two in the morning. Oh, you like, should go not. No, go to bed. Like you suck. <laughs> you know. <laughs> and you, Brenton, what's your favorite genre? Oh, uh, I kind of, I'm kind of in the same boat as Toby, where I don't get to play games as often as I, I mm -hmm. used to. Um, but if I do, it's usually a quick game, just because I can hop in and out, you know, in between work or after work, um, before bed, not two in the morning. <laughs> um, but it's usually Rocket League is like my go-to if I have a few minutes. And if I have a little bit extra time, it's usually Rainbow Six Siege, which are very cliche answers, I know. But those are the two that I go to. Okay. Well, not that cliche. It's okay. <laughs> siege, siege is tough. It's too hard for me. I can't play Siege. No, I'll same. It. It's not my thing at all. I I've, tried got it. I've got boomer hands. I can't keep up with the... <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're going to the last uh, slide. And that is uh, the most popular video games in the US are casual games with 63% of people claiming uh, to play these regularly. This is followed by action games, 39%, and shooter games, 39%. Um, so, yeah, I racing games quite high as well. Um, so let's zoom in a little of the shooter genre. Uh, you guys are creating an FPS. What makes shooter games so popular and a big chunk of the game sector? That's a good question. I I think that Call of Duty 4... I mean, there's lots of hu huge games that influence generations to play the FPS genre. I know Quake was a big one for that generation. Um, but I think for my generation, Call of Duty 4 and Halo 3, actually. I mean, all of the Halo games, obviously. But I think Call of Duty 4 especially was a really important moment in gaming um, when multiple generations flocked to a title because it was just so good mm. uh, and i think that um in 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 film uh and tv you have the idea of like the concept of like grammar of like what are the what what's the kind of like um grammar of your story and the, and the, and the, and, the, and the, your content and i think that like genres in in gaming 
everyone got used to the FPS grammar. Yeah. That makes sense. Like that, that like you can pick up an FPS game and pretty much probably know the controls without having to do a tutorial for most FPS games. Yeah. You can figure it out. And I think it's because that genre is so ritual now and it got established, I think, by the games like Call of Duty and Quake that we've just gotten so used to that genre that it's so um, widely understood, basically. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. it's, 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 it's pretty user friendly and the, the, the standardization was, was created by very high quality experiences that were like a cut above a lot of other experiences at the time. And so it's become a, you know, it was a cultural wave that's sort of still drifting. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's my, that's my guess. If you look <laughs> at the data, I'm sure you could pull out other reasoning. Yeah. Um, what, what do you think, Brenton? I, I think um, I'm in agreement, but I think it's, there's a couple more things. It's more of like a, maybe a psychological uh, aspect is in a, like the broad genre of games, FPS games are are some of the um, the quickest, most intense games. And as we are exposed to a lot more things, we become desensitized to a lot of experiences. And FPS games, you get the most um, intense interactions and the most feedback from the actions that you're doing in a game. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like a dopamine or adrenaline. Like people see that they're shooting something, they get that reaction and they want more of it. And yeah. Call of Duty, you know, the, the, you know, Call of Duty zombies and some of the old FPS games, Quake were a really good testament to that. And I think it really stemmed from that, um, you know, third person shooters, racing games, uh, RPG games, they all have very different kinds of, interactions and feedback and first person shooter is where you get the quickest uh hit of adrenaline and i think that's why it is the most popular yeah they're very thr thrilling experiences yeah yeah i think as well with well of course gaming was always more a man dominated uh, a male dominated way and world uh obviously it's getting more you know less only the male <laughs> side, but um, um, it's always when I was asking friends around or even guys who were not really playing video games, they always were saying, or they played FIFA or they played like Call of Duty or Battlefield. Um, also sort of this momentum of like, oh, look at me, I'm shooting all these guys. Like it's really <laughs> a sort of tough feeling at that moment. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, I think, um, because then there comes as well, of course, the part of US and the weapon part and like shooting. But I think it's the same that, you know, they were making um, ways that this guy who've done the, the stuff in, what was it, Finland or like Norway, I think, with the shooting on all the kits on an island. He was playing World of Warcraft and everyone said, that's why he's doing this, because he yeah. was playing World of Warcraft. So that's the part of you said, like the healthy and the bad way of gaming. That's um, sometimes we... we the, the 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 media is not really putting show on how good it can be it, i mean i think it helps people to not maybe uh you know to say it very hard like kill themselves or something because you know they they felt good they felt understand they felt better um but they always highlight the fact how it it's bad for the people you know but i think there are um how do you say it addictions to anything 
literally everything. So, and gaming is definitely something that can be a bad thing. But, you know, it's it's also bad if your kid is the whole day on TikTok. It's also not great. You know, there are so many things that are not good. Um, but I thought directly because I was on US on it. And yeah, it's always a thing the whole time with the weapon legal part that a lot of people don't understand in Europe, uh, obviously. Um, and then you see with the shooting games, it's sometimes, yeah, like comes quite close in a way um so um if someone wants to start out in a shooting genre um what would be your top three tips for the gamer or this gamer to start out as a player or a developer? yeah no as a player i think if you want to player. play yeah oh well it depends on if you want to be on console or pc if you're on pc you need to Get good at with a mouse and keyboard. Fight <laughs> the bullet. Get good with a mouse and keyboard, because um, I'm a I'm a sort of more of a console gamer, and I, I just can't keep up with. The... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, but I'll let Brandon answer the real questions. Oh, <laughs> that was that was a that was a good start. Mouse and keyboard is is great if you want to be um, competitive at a game. Mm. Another one is a lot of a lot of. Um, I guess shooters a lot of shooters are competitive shooters but a big part of that is like the the mental aspect like don't get frustrated if yeah. you lose because yeah. you know every death and every kill in a game is a learning experience uh you know that that's one way you know if you lose this game you learned your lesson or you should try and learn your lesson from it and then the mm -hmm. next game you know take what you learned from that and apply it to the next one sure. um so stay in a good mental state whenever you're doing it and <laughs> third one um well, what is a good third one? I guess I've it's got, a, I've got a good one. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, um, do a little bit of research into the meta. Just like a, a very small amount of research into the meta will tell, like just simple tricks, like 20 minutes on YouTube. Mm -hmm. Watch any any player who's playing the game mm -hmm. and you'll immediately pick up on like three tricks they're doing. Uh, like influencers and YouTubers and streamers are like, you can just steal all their tactics. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, just like a little bit of research into the meta goes a long way. I've been, like TFT, I've been sucking at that for like two weeks because I haven't re researched this patch yet. Mm -hmm. And I've just been playing it for fun. But I finally, like two days ago, was like, let me just look up what the meta <laughs> is. Just do it. And I did. I spent 20 minutes. I looked up the stats and I was like, okay, now I know what to play. And I've I've been climbing ranks. Nice. So. Yeah. But it's the same for FPS. Like yeah. you should just look what the meta is. Like what's the map knowledge? Like what's the, you know, what what are people playing? And what you like. I mean, yeah, I, yeah. I know I'm a really bad sniper, so I'm just not doing it. You terrible. know, I'm terrible. So, so bad if you know you're like good at with a shotgun, trying to do more things with that, or and then at least look at the meta at that moment. Which shotgun is good? Like in my way, it's it's of course that I play Apex Legends. So that's yeah. for me. It's not. It's like a battle royale, but it's in a way also like a, a, a shooter. But yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I do look at the meta as well. But I'm also looking like what I like. But sometimes you're like, oh yeah, I was super good with a shotgun, peacekeep, whatever, and then out of a sudden it gets nerfed so much or not at all. Like it just really yeah. depends what they're doing with it. Uh, but I think that's that's very important. Like, just see what kind of gun worked for you um, and what you're good at. But yeah, console, man, I am really jealous because I can't do anything on a console. Like, oh, I, you can't play on a console? No, oh, I'm a PC gamer. <laughs> uh, okay. I mean, I'm a, I, 
I it's tricky. I I feel I I feel allied to both camps because I played Daisy like religiously Ooh. for three years or something, four years. The nice. the mod, the mod. Yeah, the mod. exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, standalone was cool. But I don't I don't dislike standalone. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I played the mod, and I and I wasn't very good at it. But I but I I played so much of it that I felt like a real PC gamer, and that's obviously <laughs> mouse and keyboard. So it must have been okay because I played it for years. <laughs> But I obviously retained none of that skill because I because I stopped playing for years and now I'm just you can do both. It's I'm fine. I'm so bad at PC now. And um, by the way, in the meanwhile, if the chat got any questions, we will be having a longer show than expected because this is great. I'm really having a fun fun show with you guys. It's I'm like oh no the time, but we keep on going. <laughs> We're just having a good time. Uh, so if anyone has a question, please let us know. Uh, let's quickly go to subject two: Web three gaming. Um, how and when do you think Web3 Gaming will really have a place in the gaming industry? Yeah, that's a good question. I, it's going to take it's going to take a while. There's a few key players who are working on much bigger budget games than Bornless mm -hmm. who will be able to influence um, some of the adoption, not just from gamers, but from the actual industry. Um, gamers obviously need to get to a point of trust with Web3 because at the moment they have none and they shouldn't have any because it's a, it's a mess out there. Mm -hmm. So it's good, that, it's good that there's no trust for Web3 yeah. games at the moment. There shouldn't be trust. Um, but there's a few big games with big budgets from games you know, like the EVE Online creators, for example, who are making a Web3 game. And uh, those games triple a budget games will help move the industry with trust um and then you'll find all of these games that are currently being worked on quietly by teams like ours where we're just getting on with development mm -hmm. and uh and we'll be releasing around the time uh when uh, when you'll see this this shift start to happen um obviously as we all know with web3 like the prices go up and come down and when the prices are down the news rips on the on it and when the prices are up everyone's getting paid so everyone loves it and it's mm -hmm. obviously ridiculous but yeah i think when the prices start to come up again like suddenly you'll see influencers playing web3 games and <laughs> you'll wonder where all these secret web3 games were <laughs> but they're all there they're just teams are quietly getting on with it um so I, it's but before you really see like dramatic improvement from web3 i think it's going to be a good number of years like at least probably five um i think that the initial web3 implementations you'll see will be pretty basic just like a 20 percent improvement on a certain feature it's not going to be revolutionizing gaming the way that uh, a, a lot of studios say it will initially um because the actual like dream of web3 gaming is a much harder problem to solve than just oh yeah let's make it let's do some nfts um it's not that's not how it works the the, the dream of like a web3 gaming is that some types of games, not all games, but some games can start connecting together so that we can have huge experiences that span multiple games. Mm -hmm. Like imagine if you could play Siege and Apex, but that your account, you know, collected in the middle and that you could move back and forth and uh, hang out with, you know, you, you, you one lobby. And um, it's a lot of what the, the industry's already been working on with Xbox Live and everything like that. But the ability to move your the stuff you've been collecting yeah. in your in your games you know um back and forth um it'd be dope to have like 
a wicked house where all of your Elden Ring stuff and all your Skyrim <laughs> stuff could be in one house. That'd be cool. Um, but yeah, that's that's not going to happen for many years, right? Yeah. Um, and the tech initially has been flamed so much because so many scammers have used it that I think it slowed it down a little bit. But it's for the better. Um, so yeah, that's that's my kind of take on that. I wonder, Branton, if you've got any other thoughts to add on that. Yeah. Um... I think I got the exact same question about a year ago in, in another uh, talk or conversation. And I think the first the first wave of mass adoption will be end of 2024. That's when you see games like Shrapnel, Dead Drop will become, um, whether it's early access or like a public release, that's when you're going to see the first wave of a lot of influencers playing it. And then I imagine it might die off a little bit after that novelty kind of wears off. Mm -hmm. And then when you get into the kind of what the core of Web3 is meant to be in gaming is going to be a few years, like Toby's saying, um, because what's going to happen is, you know, these larger studios are making something that looks fun and is fun to play, but it doesn't have the the tech that Web3 is supposed to be. You know, the 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 end goal of Web3 is the tech just isn't there yet. Mm -hmm. So you're going to see that wave of, you know, people playing it because, you know, Dr. Disrespects, the studio made it or <laughs> these people from Activision made this game and that's going to bring people in. Mm -hmm. um, but to get that full Web3 experience, that is the end goal for everybody. It's going to be a few years. Yeah. Yeah, I think so as well. Um, but maybe it's good. I mean, it's give good, it yeah. some time and make it good before, you know, you try to get it all going and then it's will not succeed so yeah. yeah i mean i know i've spoken to i can't i won't say which game but it's a big mmo that you will know i spoke to some of the creators for it and they described how the the take-up was slow <laughs> <laughs> um and i think that it's just going to be the same with web3 like there's you know there's so much distrust as there should be yeah. that it just means the take-up will be slow but then once a few game studios really start to like do it properly and and do it with like actually caring about the experience that they're making, which we've not seen enough of. Mm -hmm. Then um then the take up will be, yeah. it'll be gradual, but it's but it's going to be steady and meaningful, and the grassroots fans that will get built because of it will be pretty solid, as you've seen in in some of these MMOs where mm -hmm. the fans are just like beyond in love with the world that has been created. I mean, you know, being a World of Warcraft player. So. <laughs> yep. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, <laughs> okay, so uh, future of the gaming industry. Uh, what will the global game industry as a whole look like in 10 years from now? AI is going to change quite a lot of stuff. I'm not sure mm -hmm. how how, yeah. how exactly. Um, obviously, like the, the 3D generation is coming. That's going to be a really big one because um, we've all used Mid Journey or Dali or Stable Diffusion. We've all generated 2D art and seeing what that looks like. And that's getting very, very powerful. And that's 2D art's awesome um, to be able to generate that. Obviously, it's like a huge feat of genius that they've pulled that off. But when 3D is generatable, it's going to influence gaming in quite a big way, I think, because suddenly the output of a team is going to be multiplied by many factors when you can 3D generate any weapon that you want or any you know and and when you can give those tools to the player directly 
you know, like Fortnite and Roblox, for example, if they start giving those tools over to the players to generate their own games, it's going to change things very quickly. Mm -hmm. um, and then the, the, you know, Web3 becomes arguably more important in that world, potentially. Yeah. Um, yeah, AI, I mean, AI is uh, AI is not just going to affect gaming. I, I, I fear that we're all going to be space monkeys soon and... <laughs> gonna plug into the matrix i'm ready just plug me in okay <laughs> yeah i uh so there's already um modding modding is already a big thing for a lot of games and especially like years after a game is released the game survives because of the modding community and with things like the fortnite um the uefn the unreal engine fortnite um software and uh, like Toby said, the AI generation, it's going to get to a point where a company makes a game, they release a game, and then it the community takes it over and they build it into what they want to see it be. Um, so what, what's going to happen is I'm, I imagine studios will basically make a, a platform for people to make their own games upon and, it, and it's going to you know expand. We're already seeing that with uh, you know Roblox. That's, that's one that's starting to, to take off with user-generated um, games. But these big studios are going to provide really good bases for communities to make their own games. And I imagine one game, you know, there's going to be a studio makes one game and then that gets split into three different communities. And then there's three different versions of that game. Branches that are, of experiences. Ex exactly. And it's going to be a large hub of a different, you know, different experiences. And it's not going to be, oh, I'm going to go play Call of Duty. It's, oh, I'm going to go play, you know, xyz and you know it's it's a, a different branch of of that game mm -hmm. you know in you know in batman how you've got the, you know the multiverse or whatever you've got all these different versions of batman i think that you might end up with something a little bit like that where there's all these versions of canon for different stories like a mm -hmm. version of last of us where a certain plot point might not have happened yeah <laughs> you know and 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 we'll see versions of stories that will diverge and um yep. these these worlds will get really like fascinating and comic booky and yeah. um I, I the one reason i really love ai is because of how much creativity it gives to people who don't know how to make art or don't know how to use photoshop or whatever like, mm -hmm. like it suddenly empowers people to like make what mm -hmm. they can picture right and, yeah that's uh, true yeah yeah just yeah. imagine when you know two people can generate an entire new expansion for a game off of you know AI, and with the the cloud gaming becoming more and more um, popular and accessible, there's gonna you know we're gonna get past the the hardware limitations, and you know there's gonna be small teams making massive games. Yeah. Well, we'll see in ten years how we, well, where we are at that moment. Uh, but now it's time for the game block, uh, the bomb, burnless. Sorry, bombless, burnless. Um, yeah, I uh, let's get th through it. So, what's the story behind it? Well, yeah, this, you, this, yeah, sure. <laughs> this, 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 foot, this footage is old. We should preface. We're, we're not. Watching. We're not free. We, we're not there. Well, I think you know what. I'm just gonna play the the video, and I think yeah. this is the perfect timing as well to talk about the story behind and what's the most exciting, and you know all the things about it. Uh, so I'm going to the trailer right now. There it goes. So it's going, and meanwhile, uh, we can listen to Brenton or you, you as well, uh, Toby. Just like, what's the story behind this? 
Yeah, what what what? Are you, I can't see the stream. Are you showing the Are you showing the trailer yeah, or the gameplay? Yeah, the right gameplay, the five minutes. The gameplay. Let yes. me do the story after. Let's let's let Branton explain how the game works. Uh, I don't know how how behind we are on um the the time in the game to to we're talking. So hopefully it's it's not too disconnected. Nah, it's okay. Um, yeah. So what you're seeing here is um, one of our core game modes. It's the Orbis game mode. It is a eight player. So it's four teams of two fight on a map over control of these shrines. You can actually see these red beacons in the sky here on the mm -hmm. screen. And those represent the locations of shrines around the map. Mm -hmm. Whenever the first round ends, only one beacon will become uh, active. And it's up to players to gather resources and fight for control of the shrine at each active shrine. Um, whenever they control a shrine, they actually are able to summon the demon Oribus to fight for their team hunting the other players. The end goal is to be the last team standing. And so it's a very interesting uh, spin-off of a few different game modes, uh, but it creates this kind of rotating gameplay around the map uh, with very varied types of uh, interactions and combat throughout the map. It, it lends itself to several different play styles. You know, it's dark, so you're able to hide well uh, but if you can play the shrine and summon the demon, he can seek out those teams. And instead of, you know, an attacker, a defense option, he becomes a, you know, a hunter to lead you to where the enemy teams are. Mm -hmm. So we see that the current active beacon is up now. Uh, again, that's represented by the giant red beacon in the sky. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we're just collecting resources on the way there. Uh, you can pick up ammo and incense is the in-game resource that allows you to buy weapons and more ammo allows you to summon Oribus. if you you have a pistol here or like a colt mm -hmm. but um is um is there other guns or like different guns yes yeah so we have a core set of primary weapons right now mm -hmm. everyone starts with a pistol and knife because we do want that inherent progression throughout each match mm -hmm. if you just came in with a loadout you know, that's uh, there's nothing wrong with that, but that leads to very um, quick and and kind of abrupt gameplay. Mm -hmm. Whereas this, you have to um, progress over time. The weapons you actually buy with the incense you pick up throughout the map. And at the beacon location is actually where you buy your weapons. There's a shopkeeper named uh, named Hag, very fitting because he's an old demon. Okay. And his shop. Uh, kind of just randomly generates two weapons. So you have an, uh, two options when you get there. Uh, we've got a Tommy gun. We've got a double barrel shotgun. We've got a car 98, which is my personal favorite. Mm -hmm. um, I hate that weapon so much. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. I love it. Uh, we've got several others that we have been testing. Mm -hmm. And we're kind of waiting for the right time to add them. We want to make sure that we test all of the weapons um, as we go along so that we can balance them properly. And so we're kind of slowly adding weapons over time. Okay. Here, uh, it's, it didn't quite translate or communicate well, but he actually, uh, the, the person playing, uh, took some damage from behind. So he's trying to get up to a building to a, to a, a higher elevation to kind of see. Because the game is, it is dark. Mm -hmm. um, this is important to note. This is a very, very old build. That's seven and months, I think. Seven, yeah. So the yeah. the new map isn't quite as dark as this, as well as um, there's a lot of new uh, new utility 
uh, flashlights, smoke grenades, etc. Mm -hmm. So you have a lot more options at your disposal. Mm -hmm. Well, to be honest, yeah, as people in the chat said as well, it looks really, the movement looks really fluid. And that is something that I am very uh, loving uh, when, when movement is good. So, yeah. Yeah. You see, we just bought a, a Tommy gun there and some ammo. Mm -hmm. So uh, they're going to try and take up position to guard the shrine. So right here, uh, you see that giant red kind of circle or wall of um, flame there. And that is the zone of the shrine. So it has been activated. And it's up to the team who activated, activated it to defend the zone. Mm -hmm. Right here, we the person who, who was playing actually died. And when you die in this game, instead of just being down and spectating, you actually go into a ghost or spirit form. Mm -hmm. And in that form, you're able to fly around and help give your teammate callouts <laughs> so that they can plan and strategize appropriately. But you are also very, very visible. And oh. the movement is very slow and floaty. So it you can't just get around and make callouts anywhere. You really have to... Uh, people are going to see you knowing mm -hmm. that they're being called out. So, it, you know, it's communication on both sides. Okay, well, it looks really good. And, of course, want to know what the story behind this. The story, yes. Yeah. So, um, you can, anyone who's interested in the story can Google The Lesser Key of Solomon. Um, the Lesser Key of Solomon is a book. Um, you can read it up on Wikipedia. You can buy it on Amazon. This is a public domain text, which is a um, what's known as a grimoire. Mm -hmm. It's a collection of 72 demons um, which are listed in sort of Judeo-Christian texts over the last 2,000 years. Um, the Lesser Key of Solomon supposedly was written by King Solomon when he was building a temple for God and he would summon and control uh, demons to help him build his temple for God, supposedly. That's one interpretation of the text. Mm -hmm. um, and so there's lots of folklore woven into Bornless. There's lots of um, ancient religious uh, kind of uh, demons um, that you can find plugged in all over the place. Um, the the actual events of the game, I'm not going to tell you anything about it. You'll have to come and play it. <laughs> um, but it's, uh, there's a lot of um, demons from this book that are in a lot of other movies or games you might have watched or played okay. um hereditary the horror movie um I'll, i won't do any spoilers but there's uh that's referenced with this book um and yeah it's uh it's it's a it's a dark universe okay <laughs> um and uh yeah the lesser key of solomon for anyone who wants to google it and when um, are people able to, like, well, they are already able to play to get an alpha key? In, it's, in, it's in closed access, yeah. Um, we're we're, we're playtesting, you know, QA testing. Um, the the version that you guys have seen here is very old. This is actually a Unreal Engine 4 version of the game. We're now on Unreal Engine 5. Mm -hmm. The game looks much nicer. It runs better. It's more fun. Um, but, yeah, if anyone wants to QA test and come and help us make the game better um you can hop over to our discord our discord is we're always online we're always chatting um our community team is they're brilliant um and are always around to hang out and play some bornless and help make it better so yeah um, yeah uh, and i think we even have a giveaway as well uh oh, we do awesome yeah I forgot <laughs> we have a giveaway we got eight close alpha access keys uh, so what you have to do is follow at the bornless game uh and also, at PvP Game Hop on Twitter, 
uh, you have to like and retweet uh, the, the post and tag three friends with hashtag the bomb the burnless keys and hashtag pvp game hub uh, i think it means re retweet this post i think it's like retweeting anything about today's show that if you retweet it and uh tag three friends and the hashtag the boneless keys uh, hashtag pvp game hub i think um we will get it in the chat here i think uh our lovely pvp um, game hop will uh, will say it in the chat what you have to do exactly and what uh, what kind of hashtags work. But then you can uh, win a closed alpha access key, so that's really cool, and people can uh, try it out themselves. Um, so yeah, I think for now it's if it is that we have to to stop. But I think we could have talked for a longer time. Um, so if they want to contact you, oh, that's the, the tweet. Okay, so yeah. Um, if you want to contact uh, you guys, like, what's the best way? Or if they want to contact bo uh, uh, Bornless? Yeah, so you can go to thebornless.com, uh, T-H-E-B-O-R-N-L-E-S-S.com. Mm -hmm. And uh, you can follow us on any of our socials. Um, you can scroll down to the bottom of the page and they're all listed there. But yeah, the Discord is the easiest way to, if you want to chat with us directly, you can come in and say hello. Mm -hmm. We are nerds we're always online so yeah the bornless.com um and then you can find our discord there. perfect yeah we see it in the chat thank you so much um with that said i really appreciate you guys being here it was really lovely to have you both and i think i uh we could have had like a two-hour show easy awesome Let, well let's oh, let's yeah. do it let's let's play bornless sometime together let's yeah and also like yes. i think when the game is fully out like then probably things have changed uh it would be great to have you guys back because okay. i think we do have to continue the whole chatting i think that's great absolutely so for sure for sure yeah um thank you brendan thank you toby so much both for being here it was great. Uh, I think, if I may say it myself, we, it was a great show. Um, so, uh, with that said, I always do my little wave. You guys can't see me, but you see me on Twitch. <laughs> Bye. Thank you so much. And then I'm going to end the show in a little bit. So, thank you. And uh, with that, you guys have to deal with my face again. Um, because... I'm going to end the show. It was really, really fun. Um, like I said, we could have talked for hours and hours, but it is what it is. The show has come to an end. Um, so the next show will be announced. Well, what the topic is will be announced later this week. And uh, later this week's episode uh, from today will be available on YouTube, podcast platforms like Spotify and Amazon and Apple Music. So if you want to listen to it back, you can and of course watch it back here so thank you so much and with that said i see you in two weeks bye bye <laughs>